Hello and welcome to Gin and Spooks. We are your hosts. I'm Laura. I'm Emma. We are back, bitches, or should I say witches, because what we're talking about today, Emma? Witches! Yes! Um, And what are you drinking today, Emma? Pink gin. Just premium Gordon's pink gin with lemonade. Nice. I've got Whitley Neal rhubarb and ginger gin with lemonade. Um, Because we're fancy. Yeah. And we thought we'd actually drink gin, seeing as it's a podcast called Gin and Spooks. And I think I've drank cider the last few times that we've done this. Well, I was drinking mixed fruit Copperberg while we were chit-chatting. And then I was like, actually, it's time to go on the gin now. So I might suddenly get really drunk. Who knows? That sounds good. (laughs) That is the concept of this podcast. So, (laughs) But yeah, we are back after our short break moving house. Because it wasn't just Emma that's moved house in the end. I also moved house. Well, by the time this comes out, I hope I've moved house. Fingers crossed you have. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, today we are talking about witches, but we're not talking about witches in Salem. We are sticking to the UK this time. I say this time like we've done a thing on witches before. I'm just I almost gonna... started um, chanting USA, but I meant the UK. <laughs> that would have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> but ma- maybe we'll do... That. Yeah, maybe we'll do another episode on the USA witches in the future. But I feel like Salem witches and stuff are quite well done, aren't they? So we'll go for some UK ones. Okay, so in the 1600s is where we're going to start our story. Um, So Queen Elizabeth I, she died in March of 1603. And James I, who was already James VI of Scotland, took over. James I was incredibly superstitious of witches. In 1590, four witches were convinced of conspiring to kill him and his wife, and they were burned at the stake. Throughout this whole episode, whenever I'm reading something, I want to go witches in inverted commas because it just, essentially it's just women, isn't it? That people took a dislike to. So Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so James himself even wrote a book on witchcraft in 1597 called Demonology. Witches were believed to be people who had made a pact with the devil in exchange for supernatural powers, and they were blamed for everything like plagues, floods, droughts, sick animals, crops not growing. So literally back in the day when science wasn't as strong as it is today, these women, mostly women, were blamed for everything. So the witch trials, as I'm sure most people know, they weren't very fair. The most well-known method of testing a woman to see, or someone, I keep saying woman because it was mainly women, but (laughs) there were some men too convicted as being witches. A very small group of men. But mostly women, yes. Yeah. Okay. So the most well-known method that I'm sure we've all heard of is them being tied up and thrown into a pond or a river. If they floated, they were a witch and burnt at the stake. If they sank, they were innocent. But more often than not, they drowned. So you you can't bloody win either way, unless you're really good at holding your breath, I suppose. In 1563, an act against conjurations, enchantments, and witchcraft was passed, which made it legal to kill anyone considered to be a witch or have any sort of powers so like these people were not acting against the law you could just kill a bitch if she was a witch (laughs) um so women were also tortured until they confessed to being a witch they used to use things called pilney winks which were thumb screws where they i think they screw your thumbs tighter and tighter and tighter so it's quite painful also things called iron caspi claws which were irons that put up they heated over a fire and like trapped your legs with yeah pretty horrific in the early 1600s essentially if a man took a dislike to you or you happened to walk past a farmer's fields just as a cow died 
then they would torture you until confessing you were a witch and kill you either way. So now mm. I have a little story about some supposed witches from a little town called Bakewell, which is in is near Matlock, Bath. I think it's Peak District, Derbyshire anyway, which is the next county along to Staffordshire. Mrs Stafford lived in Bakewell with her sister. History books presume that she's a widow, and so she took in lodgers as a source of income, because obviously back in those days, women couldn't really make an earning for themselves. Around 1607 or 1608, a travelling Scotsman took up residence in one of her rooms. He fell behind on his rent, so she kicked him out and kept his belongings as a way to pay the debt he owed her. He was then, all of a sudden, found dirty and dishevelled, wearing his pyjamas, in a cellar in London. He was arrested for trespassing and felonious intent, but he claimed that he was a bit confused and dazed, dazed and confused, saying that he had been asleep in Bakewell at three o'clock that morning and then all of a sudden had arrived in London by magic. He said he'd been asleep in Bakewell when he was woken up by a bright light shining through the gaps in the floorboards. Peering down, he saw the landlady, Mrs Stafford, and her sister chanting a spell. Over thick, over thin, now devil to the cellar in London. London is like an old word for London, I think. He then found himself repeating the chant over and over in his head. The women disappeared and all of a sudden he said he woke up in London. He said that the women had transported themselves with him to London and when he woke up in the cellar he found them packaging up all the goods and fine silks that they had stolen from houses beneath them as they flew from Bakewell to London. The landlady then offered him a glass of wine which he refused and then next thing he knew he was waking up alone in the cellar. Um, So everyone obviously said clearly this is a case of witchcraft. The justices in Derbyshire were told they searched Mrs Stafford's house and because they found the man's belongings there, they found the women guilty of witchcraft and hanged. What the actual fuck? I wish people could see your facial expression then because that was just like (laughs) perfect. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so essentially this woman has kicked this man out because he's behind on his rent, kept his things as a little bit of way of getting her money back. Then he turns up in London as if by magic and she gets hanged for being a witch because she's got his things and he's in London. Just because he can't take responsibility for being, I don't know, shit with his money. Yes, exactly. An absolute joke. Exactly. So I don't know if he was hallucinating or if he was literally just trying to get his own back on Mrs Stafford and knew that people would quite easily fall for her being a witch. I don't know. But there's actually a whole song called The Bakewell Witches and like historians have managed to date the lyrics back to at least 1830 because I think they found it in they found it in an article in like a publication and in that in the article it said oh my dad used to sing this when he went to work in this year so it's from at least 1830 and I'm gonna put I'll put a full copy of the the song on the blog but essentially that little bit I read that goes over thick, over thin, now devil to the cellar in London, that's kind of like the chorus of it. So I don't know if it's, this is actually a genuine story or if the story is based, the song is based on the story or if the story has come from the song. Yeah, I think he, he's definitely made it up. He's probably been on a bender because I don't know how, but men seem to miraculously like appear in different parts of the fucking country. When they've been on a bender, yeah. Yeah, so I think he's been on a bender with his mates and you've gone, you know what, she's proper fucked me over here, even though I've already fucked myself over for not being financially stable. He was embarrassed that a woman got the better of him. Yeah, which 
in that case would have been the most uh, smart option actually yeah so he's just going on a damp bender but yeah. yeah what a load of baloney 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 why could i not say that word baloney i don't know but it made me laugh <laughs> yeah oh is it my turn now yeah oh okay so i'm doing the pendle which is uh which was it happened around uh, the early 1600s, so 1612 was the most prominent year because that's when they got um, tried for witchcraft. So the 12 accused lived in the area surrounding Pendle Hill in Lancashire and were charged with the murder of 10 people by the use of witchcraft. All but two were tried at Lancaster um, on August 18th and 19th, 1612, along with the Samlesbury, I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, witches and others. One was tried in York and another one died in prison. Eleven went to the trial, nine women and two men. Ten were found guilty, one was not. The outbreaks of witchcraft. That's a lucky escape for that one person then, Jesus Christ. I know. I can't remember exactly who it was that that was found not guilty, but I'm pretty sure it was one of the men. Of course. So he was very lucky in that respect. The outbreaks of witchcraft in and around Pendle made death may demonstrate the extent to which people could make a living by posing as witches. The two main families uh, that were involved in the Pendle witch trials was Demdike and Chattox. And they were like two rival families. Like but they both Romeo. had like Yeah, like in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, but they both had like matriarchs that were the head of the, uh, the families that were considered for witches for like over 50 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so the county which the accused witches lived in was by the end of the 16th century regarded by authorities as a wild and lawless region, an area fabled for its theft, violence and sexual laxity, where the church was honoured without much understanding of its doctrines by the common people. One of the accused, Demdike, had been regarded in an area as a witch for 50 years, and some of the deaths the witches were accused of had happened many years before Roger Nowell started to take an interest in 1612. The event that seems to have triggered Nowell's investigation, culminating in the Pendle Witch Trials, occurred on the 21st of March, 1612. On her way to Trawden Forest, Demdike's granddaughter, Alison De- uh, Device, encountered John Law, a peddler from Halifax, and asked him for some pins. Pins were relatively expensive in the 17th century. They were frequently needed for magical purposes, such as healing, treating warts, divination, and full of magic. Law was reluctant to sell them to her. The issue of refusing to sell them to her was made unclear. A few minutes later, after their encounter, Alison saw John stumble and fall as he had suffered from a stroke. He managed to regain his feet and reach a nearby inn. Initially, Law made no accusations against Alison, but she appears to be convinced of her own powers. When Law took her to visit his father a few days after the incident, she reportedly confessed in court and asked for his forgiveness. There was never actually made, there was never an accusation made, but... But she just kind of... She panicked and was like, am I a witch? Because obviously her grandmother yeah, was considered was... a witch for so many years. Yeah. I'm so sorry, she... but silly bitch. Yeah. I, I was reading it when I was doing all the research and I was like, really? That's like, he suffered from a stroke. Yeah. You're not going to cause someone to have a stroke yeah people are stupid yeah but then i think obviously in them times everyone was so like paranoid about witches and stuff yeah and obviously even witches i bet she thought 
that he was going to accuse her of being a witch and causing it anyway. So she thought she'd better get in there and get forgiveness and stuff for it beforehand because it would be better off. The punishment would be better for her if she did that. But obviously, I don't think it worked like that, did it? I don't think it ever worked like that because they always ended up like torturing them and stuff. Yeah. And doing horrible things to them. So I don't think it works out like that at all. But Alison, her mother Elizabeth and her brother James were summoned to appear before Noel on the 30th of March. Alison confessed under torture that she had sold her soul to the devil and that she had told him to to lame law after he had called her a thief. Her brother stated that his sister had also confessed to bewitching a local child. Elizabeth was more reticent, admitting only her mother had a mark on her body, something that many, including Noel, would have regarded as having been left by the devil after he yes. had sucked her blood. My first thought, I was like, oh, a vampire. And I got really excited. <laughs> vampire? Yeah. The devil is a vampire. <laughs> so when questioned about Anne Whittle, who's the matriarch of the other family, reputedly involved in witchcraft, Alison perhaps saw an opportunity for a revenge that may have been... Uh, due to bad blood between the two families. Uh, Alison accused Chattox of murdering four men by witchcraft and of killing her father, John Device, who had died in 1601. She had claimed that her father had been so frightened of old Chattox that he had agreed to give her eight pounds of oatmeal each year in return for a promise not to hurt his family. The meal was handed over annually until the year before John's death. On his deathbed, John claimed his, his sickness had been caused by Chattox because they had not paid for her protection. Oh. Mm. I love that they were paid in oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't kill me, have some oatmeal. <laughs> I know. Such a random thing, like, here's some oatmeal. Yeah. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on April the 2nd, uh, Demdike, Chattox and Chattox's daughter, Anne, were summoned to appear before Noel. Both Demdike and Chattox were by then blind in their 80s and both provided Noel with damaging confessions. Demdike claimed that she had given her soul to the devil 20 years previously and Chattox that she had given her soul to a thing like a Christian man and had promised that she would not lack anything and would get any revenge she desired. Although Anne Redfern made no confession, Demdike said that she had seen her making clay figures Margaret Crook, another witness seen by Noel that day, claimed that a brother had fallen sick and died after having had a disagreement with Redfern and that he had frequently blamed her for his illness. Based on the evidence and confessions he had obtained, Noel committed Demdike, Chattox, Anne Redfern and Alison Device to Lancaster uh, Jail to be tried for, I'm going to try and say this word, Maleficium. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It just but, makes me think of Maleficent. <laughs> that's what it's. That's how it's spelled. It's spelled M A L E F I C I U M. Maleficium. Witchcraft. Yeah, but for witchcraft, basically causing causing harm by witchcraft mm. um, at the next trials. And Maleficium <laughs> is a Latin. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying. That. I apologise if I'm not saying that right. Is a Latin term, an act of witchcraft performed with the intention of causing damage or injury, the resultant mm-hmm. harm. The Pendle witches were tried in a group that also included the Samnersbury witches, Jane Southworth, Janet Brearley, and Ellen Brearley, the charges against whom included child murder, cannibalism, oh. Margaret Rearson, the so-called 
Paddy home, which he was facing a third trial for witchcraft, this time for killing a horse. And <laughs> Isabel Roby from Windle accused of using witchcraft to cause sickness. Some of the accused Pendle witches, such as Alison Device, seemed to have genuinely believed in their guilt, but others protested their, protested their innocence to their end. Janet Preston was first to be tried at the York Trials. Janet Preston lived in Gisborne, which was then in Yorkshire, so she went to the Yorkshire Trials. She was charged with the murder by witchcraft of a local landowner, to which she pleaded not guilty. She had already appeared before one of the judges in 1611, accused of murdering her child by witchcraft, but had been found not guilty. The most dawning evidence went against, that went against her was that when she had been taken to see Lister's body for the corpse bled fresh blood presently uh. in the presence of all that were present. It's a bit gross, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, there's it. probably like a medical explanation for that, isn't there, nowadays? Probably, but I think at the time, because everyone's so freaked out about, yeah. which is, you know, we need to kill him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I think if that happened, because they, they, weren't, they weren't as intelligent, I would say. No, absolutely not. They didn't know a lot of stuff that we know today. Yeah, so I think they kind of just freaked and yeah. just saw it and went, nope, she's a witch. I mean, I would freak out if there was a dead body and all of a sudden it started bleeding again. And I know yeah. that it's probably just some scientific explanation to it, but I would still freak out. Yeah, I mean, I would as well. But like, yeah, I mean, I'd be freaked you. out that I was around a dead body in the first place, to be quite honest, let alone if it started bleeding. But, you know. Yeah, well, apparently this happened after she touched it. Ooh. So obviously so they just saw, yeah, the, you know, saw the the like the correlation between the two and just yeah. went, she's definitely a witch. But correlation does not equal causation. Exactly. Exactly. The one thing I remember from my psychology degree. Um, but in the end, she was found guilty anyway because obviously they saw that as like damning evidence yeah. against her, and then she was sentenced to death by hanging. Oh bless. To be yeah. fair, like. That's the that's one of the only one witches that we either of us have described where there's a clear evidence that something spooky's gone on. Everyone else is just like, oh, she supposedly killed this person. She supposedly killed that person. But on this time, she's prodded a man and blood's come out. Prodded a dead man and blood's come out. That's the only thing yeah. that seems kind of justifiable almost. Yeah, it was either a dead man or it was the a child that she was accused of yeah. killing. But either way, she um she ended up dying by hanging anyway, which, you know, is still awful. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. still an awful way to die. But that is the end of the stories, uh, well, the Pendle Witches. So, in the late, well, mid to late 1600s, you then get the Witchfinder General. Now, Witchfinder General, his name is Matthew Hopkins. He's born around 1620 um, in Suffolk. So, obviously, this is after... The, all the stories and stuff that we've just spoken about. Um, so all the witch shit's already going on when he's born. Uh, no one is sure of his actual profession, but he's always portrayed in, like, smart, sober, fashionable, well-to-do clothing. So he doesn't just look like a run-of-the-mill peasant. He looks... I'll put some pictures on... What are you laughing at? Run-of-the-mill peasant? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I don't think he's not from, like, a big aristocratic family or anything, but he's dresses obviously got enough money to dress he looks as if he should be a judge or a lawyer but no one is actually sure what he did but he gave himself the title of witch finder he made it up himself of course he did and really all it was is just like a freelance evidence gathering role that 
then ended up leading to trials of all these people. So 1644 is when he starts appearing in records for all his witch-finding shenanigans. In a place called Manningtree in Essex, a guy called John Stern accused a group of women of trying to kill Matthew Hopkins with sorcery. Matthew then enthusiastically agreed and joined in with the investigation. This investigation involved torturing the women. So all the stuff I mentioned earlier, they'd do those kinds of things, like throwing them in the water with the putting their thumbs in the screws but they also would deprive them of sleep, search their entire bodies for any deformities or marks, which is the devil's mark, as you mentioned earlier. Have you seen The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? I have. I haven't watched the latest one. So one of the first series, she takes off all her clothes and asks Harvey to look for the witch's mark, the devil's mark, doesn't she? Yeah. Mark. So that's actually genuinely, they search their bodies, they search these women's bodies for that devil's mark. In the end, 36 women were charged with witchcraft, 19 of these women were hanged in July of 1645. The trial was overseen by the Earl of Warwick and others died due to the diabolical prison conditions. So I have got found on a website, like they've written out what happened at the trial. Like, so you know how in trials nowadays there's always someone writing it out, isn't there? Um, yeah. So I found that online. So I'm going to see if I can bear with me. If you have, but have you watched any gameplay for, you know, the new horror game that came out called Little Hope? No. Because that's about witches, it's yeah. about the uh, witch trials, yeah. That's actually really good, and it shows you, like, how people got tried and stuff as, like, yeah. a witch. Someone was, like, falsely accused of it, and it was just basically, like, a man going, I accuse you of this because of this evidence, therefore yeah. you're going to be sentenced to, like, drowning, yeah. blah, blah, blah. This is essentially this kind of thing. So this is a true and exact relation of the several informations, examinations, and confessions of the late witches arraigned and executed in the county of Essex. They were condemned at the late sessions holding at Chelmsford before the Right Honourable Robert, Earl of Warwick and several of His Majesty's Justices of Peace on the 29th of July, 1645, wherein the several murders and devilish witchcrafts committed on the bodies of men, women and children and diverse cattle are fully discovered. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's when I put it onto a Word document, it's like 22 pages long. However, I can never say this word properly. The preface, preface, whatever you want to say, made me laugh when I read it. I'm not going to read you the whole thing out, but it says, Thou hast here presented to thee a sad emblem of the strange slates and cunning subtleties, whereby Satan labours daily to ensnare souls and at last to bring them to utter ruin, who being that grand imposter soon began this work, even in the morning of the creation, in the body of a serpent, miraculously to reason, dispute, speak, and confer with Eve and never ceased till he had laid the honour of those glorious creatures in the dust. Like essentially that's talking about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and stuff. And then it goes, he hath ensnared and drawn these poor silly creatures into these horrid and detestable practices of renouncing God and Christ and in entering into a solemn league and contract with the devil. And essentially in this document, I'll put a link to it on the blog and stuff. It goes people giving information on what they've seen these women do that means that they um, should be thought of as witches. So I've got the first women that they talk, woman that they talk about is Elizabeth Clark. And there's one dude says that Elizabeth's mother and some of her other kinsfolk did suffer death for witchcraft and murder. So they already think Elizabeth's a witch because mum, her mum's been, been done for it. 
Yeah. There's not really good evidence, though, if no. you're like, oh, your mum's a witch, therefore you're going to be a witch. But there's loads of stuff here as well that says that um, Elizabeth had confessed that she had carnal copulation with the devil six or seven years and that he would appear to her three or four times in a week at her bedside and go to bed with her and lie with her half a night together in the shape of a proper gentleman. Um, <laughs> and then another one saying that like there was a dog in her bedroom and she's a witch um and elizabeth further told the informant that satan would never let her rest or be quiet until she did consent to the killing of the hogs of one mr edwards of man manning tree and the horse of robert taylor of the same town so essentially people it just sounds like people's animals have died and yeah. i don't know Probably because they weren't looking after them properly yeah. because most people didn't. Oh, yeah. Um, and this informant further said that coming into his own yard that night, he espied a black thing proportioned like a cat, only it was thrice as big, sitting on a strawberry bed and fixing the eyes on this informant. And when he went towards it, it leaped over the pail towards this informant, as he thought, but ran quite through the yard with his greyhound after it to a great gate. So it said a lot of it's just like, weird animals turning up and they're like oh this is witchcraft or my pig died oh this is elizabeth clark's fault oh <laughs> she probably had a little bit of a fling with a man that no one in the village recognized and they're like oh that's satan she's obviously shagging satan <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what that i is. wish i could go back in time and just explain to them you know women are allowed to have sex if yeah. they're single right remember yeah. that remember that when you're sticking your dick in every single hole yeah <laughs> pretty much but spurred on by this and then i've definitely written the date wrong here because i've put august 1965 um but in august of 1645 there was the largest trial in english history held at bury st edmunds where 16 women and two men hanged based on evidence provided by Ho matthew hopkins which final general hundreds more were held captive against their will um, and a lot of them died in the prisons because they were exposed to filthy conditions and the elements and stuff. So they just didn't even make it to get to the trials to be hanged. It was at this point that it spurred Matthew Hopkins, which find a general, or should we say prick. Um, <laughs> he began to travel through counties like Essex, Norfolk, Suffolk, Cambridgeshire, all the ones around there. And he went on a witch hunt. So he'd literally just visit villages and then conduct these illegal tests on people because even though it was still a, it was legal to kill people if you thought they were a witch it yeah. was illegal to trial them to well it was illegal to do all these tests on them that Matthew was doing so he'd walk a lot of the women to exhaustion before questioning them he'd make them stand in the middle of a room for days with no food or water with someone watching them constantly He'd also did the ducking in water, so like waterboarding essentially, as well as the seeing if they float or sink. He was also aided by women who ended up being called prickers. These women who were not feminists and should have been hanged at the stake, them hanged at the stake, hanged themselves. <laughs> um, yeah. So these prickers would search the people's bodies for the devil's mark or any extra nipples because it was thought that um, the extra nipples were there for the the witch's familiars to suckle from. But Harry I mean, Styles... You've got two, two nipples anyway. Yeah. Why, Why would you need just an extra one? one? But people have extra nipples, don't they? Like Chandler of France has extra nipples, an extra nipple. And I'm sure Harry yeah. Styles has a couple, um, if I remember the topless pictures of him correctly. Um so any marks that they found were pricked and if the 
person whose mark it was didn't flinch or anything. They were thought to be a witch. However, it was thought that these guys were using fake prickers that retracted when pushed so that they weren't actually, it looked from the outsider's point of view, it looked like they were pricking them, but the pin, the pricker was going in. So the woman who was being pricked couldn't actually feel the jab because it was retracting in. But approximately 200 to 300 people were executed of witchcraft because of Matthew Hopkins. What an absolute arsehole. I know. And then... What stopped him was there was a Puritan cleric called John Gall and he started questioning Matthew's methods um, and motivations and what authority he had to go about doing this kind of thing. So realising that he'd been rumbled, Matthew panicked um, and he wrote a book which is called The Discovery of Witches, which I'd heard of. No fucking way, there's a TV series called that. Yeah, I really want to watch that but I haven't got around to it yet. I also want to watch that. Hmm. Mm. Um, yeah so he wrote this book to try and justify his actions and it is thought that this book is actually what inspired the Salem witch trials because the Salem witch trials were in 1692 so after all of this shit had happened so yeah that is the story of the Witchfinder general and there's a guy called Malcolm Gaskill who's professor of early modern history at the University of East Anglia and he says that his, his kind of theory as to why this was going on is that the witch trials allowed communities to release the emotional pressure or any tensions they were feeling at the time. So, like, for example, if the whole village was struggling with their crops and stuff, attacking or accusing a certain person of witchcraft and blaming them for it released a lot, brought communities together against this person and released a lot of the tension that they were all feeling. So it was almost like a, a release of shit to make them feel bad. Yeah. They basically weren't being able to cope with the fact that, like, you know, bad things were happening, so they had to have an outlet in yeah. one way or another. Almost like a form of group therapy. It's just yeah. unfortunate. Really bad, bad yeah. version of group therapy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've I've bonded with people over a mutual hate of someone or something. It's kind of the same. Yeah, but I, I can't imagine you going around going, well, she's a witch, 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 yeah. she's a witch. Yeah. I, she I can't said imagine this you doing thing that. to me. <laughs> she told me that I was a bitch, so now I'm deciding that she's a witch. <laughs> so, ultimate prick, really. Just... Yeah. And the fact that you managed to get other women to, like, help yeah. you bring, uh, you know, accused women in, uh, that's just, no... Women empower women. Yeah, they, but, you know. At the same time, though, if you were women back then and you were absolutely terrified of being accused of witchcraft, what a better way to save yourself than work with him. I know, but then I would have just, you know, done everyone a favour and just gone, you know what, mate, I'm going to sleep with you and then I'm going to slit your throat, which yeah. would have been, you know, I don't know, a better option. <laughs> That's a bit extreme, but yeah, sure. <laughs> In them times, yeah, extreme yeah. measures <laughs> needed yes. to be met. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, Kill him before he can accuse you of anything. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't do that now. Like, obviously, that's not ethical and science. Yeah, would, yeah, would yeah. make them catch you. So, anyone listening to this podcast, no, I don't go around sleeping with people and then slit in their throats. <laughs> <laughs> I just would have done this. Disclaimer: in that situation. <laughs> Disclaimer, if I lived in the 1600s, then I probably would have done that. But seeing as I live in the 20s, 20, 2000s, 
I don't want to do that. You struggled then. Did you not I remember really what year? No, I was like, what year? What year is it? Every time I say what year is it, I just picture that scene from the original Jum- Jumanji where he comes out and he's like, what year is it? <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> oh, I love that old version. I like the new one, but like the sequel yeah. to the new one is a, is a bit naff. It's um, the original one absolutely terrified me as a kid. Just the bats coming out the chimney, I couldn't watch past that. It freaked yeah. me out. It was it was quite scary, to be fair. Yeah. No. I feel like I definitely would have been screwed back in those times. Oh, definitely. I mean, I have a black cat already, and I'm yes. left-handed. Yeah. So you would have been dunked in that pond. Yeah. And then... I mean, he, he, he can try all he wants. But I would have had my revenge. I will ruin the day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I believe it's me. Yes. With my last story. story. So this one is about a witch uh, from Stoke, actually. She lived in Burslem. I had a nice walk to Burslem Park today, actually. Oh, did you you bump into her? No. (laughs) I did visit her grave, though. Did you? Yeah. I visited it um, in the the middle of the night. It was kind of spooky. Yeah, but um, we we all went as like a household, and then uh, Richie was like, "Oh, I can show you if you want." And I was like, "Yeah, all right." And then so we did, and I was like, "Okay, this is kind of freaking me out because it's in a graveyard, and also yeah. she she's a witch, but I know she wasn't." But yeah, I um, find graveyards really like peaceful and calming during the day, but I wouldn't if I had to walk past one at night, I would not make eye contact with it. I would just... <laughs> well, in the hopes that you. <laughs> In case that you see, see anyone. I literally walked past it with my hand, like, tunnel vision, like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> I've got such a good imagination and it's horrible in the dark on your own. Same, same. I, I've managed to, like, half, well, well, some half asleep, half awake, convince myself there's been spiders, like, hanging above my mm. face and, oh, yeah. So, it's not a fun time. But anyway, so, Molly Lee was born in... 1685 so this is at the almost at the very end of the 1600s to 1746 and I was accused of witchcraft but she died before being tried um she was from Burslem Burslem um she made a living off selling milk from a herd of cows to travelers and passers-by she kept a pet blackbird and she lived on her own she was accused by a man named Reverend Spencer who made the accusation. He claimed that she had sent the blackbird to the local pub and that its presence was responsible for turning the beer sour. Lee was also blamed for the ailments of the villagers. They exhumed her body, opened the coffin and threw the still-living blackbird in with her. He reburied Molly in a north-to-south direction at a right angle to all the other graves in the churchyard. And that was to basically established that that she was cursed yeah like not to go near a grave or anything yeah her appearance was considered to be quite ugly now obviously back in them times she could have had just a mole or something yeah it doesn't really say but they thought she was ugly um she had a renowned vicious temper and her teeth were bad i mean they didn't have like listerine back then did they so no i mean the hygiene back in the 1600s was awful yeah so I'd be quite shocked if she had, like, decent teeth. Yeah, veneers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was said that she had adult abilities within hours of being born and could chew upon hard stale immediately. It is also said that she suckled on farm animals. She rarely attended church, which I think is why she got accused, because she yeah, didn't probably. attend church. So Reverend Spencer, 
another prick <laughs> and a band of local uh, parishioners, some more pricks, <laughs> <laughs> decided to visit her cottage after she had been buried. They were going to kill the blackbird. When he arrived, they discovered Molly sitting on a rocking chair by the fire, mullering, weight and measure sold, I never, milk and water sold, I never, similar to a phrase that is meant to be said by the ghost of a milkmaid in Shrewsbury. Ooh. So, mm. oh, I've got chills again. I know. The first time I told you, and we were like, mm. I know, I've got chills again. Yeah, yeah imagine. So, imagine there's someone you're a little bit freaked out about. They're dead and buried. You definitely buried them. And you go to their house, and then you walk in, and they're just sitting there looking at you, muttering stuff yeah. at you. <gasps> oh, stop <gasps> it. Stop it. <gasps> <gasps> I can't. <laughs> I've got chills, man. I've got fucking chills. The heebie-jeebies. <laughs> but you know that link that you sent me about them finding yeah. Molly's will? So I did my research on that and had, I had oh. a read of the article. A copy of Molly's will has been recovered from the Sentinel's archives. The copy was made in 1984. The document reveals a, a successful and strong-minded businesswoman who is actually a benefactor to the church and the poor of Burslem. Will mentions various estates around Burslem and at Newbold Asbury and shows that when she died, Molly was a wealthy woman. It had been said that her parents died at an early age, but her mother at least survived and was mentioned in her will. Molly also mentions other relatives in her will after the death of Molly's aunt, mother and cousin, a sum of £400, which obviously was quite a lot at that time was to be shared equally among uh, Anne's children. Cousin Luke was to receive Molly's silver plate and utensils. So she actually sounds really iconic, and the men from the church couldn't handle it, so, yeah, which... Yeah, I think think because she was so different and because she was, like, you know, strong-willed and very, like, you know, she was a businesswoman, so whatever you associate with a businesswoman... Yeah. Back in them times, was never heard of. Like No. Nowadays, all the th- yeah. stuff she was accused for witchcraft, nowadays is just a normal woman, really. Yeah, 100%. So, obviously, she got accused for something that she hadn't done, and it was just pure coincidence. Like, it's easy to have, you know, sour beer if you don't yeah. keep it correctly. D- don't clean the pipes. Um, exactly. And Which, then- at them times, would they really be doing cleaning for the no. joint through the pipes? No. And did they say that when she was a kid, they'd seen her suckling from animals? Which, Apparently, yeah. You know, cows, most people drink cow's milk. Yeah. So her suckling from a cow is, yeah, okay, it's a little bit weird, but it's not as weird as they're making out. If you live on a farm and you're a kid, then... But then you also have to think as well, like, back in the 1800s, obviously, they brought, you know, wet nurses became a thing, you know, when the, yeah. the, the mum couldn't lactate and stuff. So yeah. you have to think could a mum not lactate yeah and then obviously the kid needs milk yeah so what's the best next option a cow yeah you know I've rationalized that I think that's reasonable yeah it's yeah. a little bit weird but <laughs> I am I am now picturing... they don't have baby powder back in no, them days exactly there's like... no formula I am now picturing there were cow just going about his business in a field and then the kid's just hanging off its udders <laughs> <laughs> but again really not that weird um, of all the stories that we've said today, it just shows how shit men are. <laughs> I know. 
how um, that's not like intentional or anything it's not like I'm going out and going you shit yeah back in them times beware because it was so easy to be like yeah she's a witch because she didn't want to sleep with me or something and it's so easy married yeah I mean there's a lot of victim blaming that goes on today about things isn't there so I bet it's exactly the same like a man cheats on his wife with a woman that woman then tells people and the man's like oh yeah she's a witch she tricked me into it yeah 100 percent. and and it's just like you know what get a grip of yourself yeah you you're meant to be the and i mean there's an air quote superior like um gender yeah. why don't you fucking act like it yeah stop blaming stuff on other people for exactly. your mishaps and stop yeah stop being jealous of women essentially yeah. a lot of them were just jealous of the women like that church dude was clearly just jealous of molly yeah and her well, business you, acumen well you have to think as well like you know back in them times for like you know hundreds of years if you weren't married by a certain age people frowned upon you yeah. and stuff so crazy cat lady you, wasn't as approved back then as it is today exactly so that's why i would have definitely died <laughs> you're left-handed you got some cats <laughs> i've got some cats i talk to myself quite a lot uh, yeah i never get in arguments with myself which is why i do <laughs> i'd like to think this sounds weird i'd like to think that i would have been accused of being a witch because all the witches we've heard about sound like quite iconic feminist cool people yeah but i don't know if i would i probably knowing me i probably would have found a husband and kept my head down but you know I don't think I would have been married off at all. Mm-hmm. I, I would have, I think. Because I'm like, I'm, back in them times as well, I would have been really, really tall. Well, I'm yeah. still tall now, but I would have been freakishly tall because yeah, it's one. So. Well, people were short back then anyway, because you know how history takes a piss out of Napoleon because he was yeah. legendarily short I'm sure I read somewhere that actually he was average height for a man around that time he wasn't that short compared to everybody yeah. else so and yeah, then you have to probably... think as well like what country he came from as well because yeah. you know heights vary from like country yeah. to country but if I and... was like living in the times they would have been like she's definitely a witch 100% <laughs> probably <laughs> or she's a man <laughs> <laughs> well if you were a man at least you wouldn't be hanged for witchcraft yeah. Would you rather be burnt at the stake or hung, hanged? That's a really morbid question. Um, I'm going to have to say hang. Yeah, same, because it's quicker. Hanged. What are the other options? So you've got hanging, burning, drowning. Drowning. Is that the only, is that, is the, there's just three in there. Oh, try by combat. Don't forget about that one. Yeah. But they obviously didn't use that for witches. Or did they allow it? I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. I think oh, carry on, pe- sorry. people say drowning's quite a peaceful way to die, isn't it? Apparent, no, I've heard the complete opposite. Have you? <laughs> yeah, well, see- apparently it's really, it's like, so it's basically like someone choking you out now, but it under the underwater yeah. and you're trying to grasp up at air and stuff. It's, well, yeah, because yeah. to be fair, when you drown, you are kind of have to make the conscious decision to take your last breath and breathe in the water don't you yeah and like it's it's painful and it's like I don't know it's like scientific or anything but obviously when you know babies are born like it's a painful experience when they're born because you've got all that fluid which is why you have to make sure that you cry yeah to make sure they cough it out airways off 
empty and stuff. So yeah. I think out of all the options, I definitely would prefer to be hanged. But um, yeah. I think so too, because the chances of... I mean, I think that hangings have gone wrong in the past where people oh, have yeah. their necks haven't broken straight away. However, I think it's still the quickest and most painless. Imagine being burnt at the stake. You'd just be getting hotter and hotter and then you'd be still alive whilst your flesh is burning. Well, fun fact. So, you know, obviously when you watch films and stuff and people are like being burnt or whatever and yeah. they're like continuously screaming, it actually takes about between three to five seconds for like your skin cells to be burnt completely. Yeah. And then it's just a mental thing where you keep screaming. So it wouldn't actually oh, hurt see. anymore. Oh. Because hmm. at that point, all your skin cells are burned. So you can't feel you... anything anymore. Yeah. And then the rest would be muscle mm-hmm. that would be burning. Probably smell tasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> episode on cannibals coming soon. Uh, we do need to do an episode because I have some quite interesting facts about human meat yeah. um, and pork. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes yeah. <laughs> apparently they're quite similar aren't they they are very similar um but i don't want to like I'll, I'll research it again and write it down but i don't want to go into too much detail yeah, yeah. spoiler Cause alert because I, I i don't know why i have like some weird fascination about how people can become cannibals but obviously they're quite unethical yeah i mean i like to think i, I hope one day someone just becomes an ethical cannibal <laughs> Hannibal (laughs) Hannibal the cannibal yeah (laughs) but yeah they are quite similar yeah so I'm gonna leave it at that I'm not gonna leave it at that we'll definitely definitely do an episode on cannibalism at some point yes yeah I also wouldn't like being tortured though because like the medieval Mm. torturing devices that they had let alone you know staying in prisons yeah I think if I was being tortured, I think I'd give in very quickly. I don't think I'm strong enough to. Yeah. I, I actually, actually it depends would find on... a way to kill myself, I think. I think if I ended yeah. up in prison and they were torturing me, I'd just find a way. It wouldn't be very nice at all. No. Well, this has really taken a morbid turn. Yeah. Sorry. It usually does, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it makes you think, though, don't you? Like, yeah. if you were living in that time period, like, would you be considered as a witch or would yeah. you have been married off, like, at a young age? Because and... you'd like to imagine that you would be the cool option. But in reality, if you were scared, you'd probably just go along with the, the sheep, the crowd. Yeah. To Which survival. I wouldn't blame anyone for doing no. that. no. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. never want to go back in a time machine though and give it a go because I'd end up screwing. I would, but then up. I'd find like you know those key people that you've just mentioned that yes. you started all of this and hunt them down and kill them. Yeah, but you can't mess with the timeline, Emma. I know. Then that might lead to something else bad happening. Thinking, I guess. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our return, return of the spooks. Cool. Um, for pictures. Of the stuff we've talked about during this week's episode, please head to our Instagram, which is at Gin and Spooks. We also have a blog, which is wordpress.com slash Gin and Spooks. We'll put our sources, the pictures and some extra info on there for you as well. If you have any ghost stories of your own or even any drink suggestions, please email them over to us at ginandspooks at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and send us a DM. Slide into our DMs. (laughs) <laughs> slide into our dms oh boy. and um today's lesson is don't be a strong independent woman in the 1600s i think yeah you'll get yeah, burnt just, yeah we're a really fun time <laughs>
today's lesson is be grateful that we live in the 2020s rather than the 1600s you really struggle saying the year I know I don't know why <laughs> it's because my brain goes 2020 rather than 2000s but then we are 2020s aren't we anyway thanks for listening <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>